2: Happy Black Friday and also happy Thanksgiving one day late to the Statesians. We're starting a new tradition this year to talk Thanksgiving. Fun Thanksgiving memories and traditions and things that we are thankful for, of course. And, you know, we do have to talk some Black Friday Insanities. It's just one of those days you got to talk about. Today is also the big Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald review. We'll start with a little non-spoilery initial thought. And then at the very end of the episode, the final topic, we will dive into a full spoiler review You know, so that way, if you haven't seen it yet, you can stop listening at that point, go see it, and then come back and finish the episode. But I think that we might be in a food coma from yesterday. I mean, I've got some energy. I don't know how, but uh, I'm not sure if everybody else does. But I guess we should rock it. Well, I'll tell you what, though, uh... I am The Real Brian. It's The Real Brian Show. I'm so excited and The Real Brian is here!
1: Woo! I mean,
2: doesn't that just make you want to scream from excitement right there? Or party? Oh yeah. So, uh, Captain Influence, welcome back. How are you?
3: Uh, What? Are, are, are you okay? Uh, uh, oh, hey, dude, sorry. Food coma. Sorry, dude. Food coma, huh? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you I eat totally too much? Off.
3: I'm yeah. I'm still digesting from yesterday's shenanigans. Uh, oh wow. Uh, talk yeah. talk to someone else for a while.
2: I'm glad you're here, though. Thanks for you know waking yeah, up long too. enough to say hello. You can go back to sleep now.
3: All right.
2: Okay. Well, we're welcoming another food comaite. Comaite. I like that. Food comaite back to the show because, well, you're awesome. So, welcome back, Green Butterfly.
0: Oh, my God. Did I miss it? Is it time to review Fantastic Beast? I got really tired. Yes. You
3: got tired
1: again?
0: Why?
3: Oh, well. I need I, to get my blankie.
2: I've been... Oh,
0: I'm glad I'm on time.
2: I've been drinking Phew. coffee for the past four hours, so that's why I've got a little bit of energy right now. So, we're good.
1: Yeah,
3: sounds
2: like it, dude. But uh, welcome back, Eye in the Sky
0: Thanks for having me. Of course.
2: Green
3: butterfly.
2: The green butterfly is back. And so is your mother. That's always. Oh, no, wait. No. Alex.
3: No. No.
1: <laughs> Captain no. Influ- yeah? No. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on a second. negative influence did, on you, Did you bye. put your lemon, did you make lemon pledge turkey yesterday? You know? I basted my turkey with lemon pledge mm. and butter. Mm, lemon pledge. <laughs> now, I heard the way to do it is to smoke a turkey, but I hear smoking turkeys is illegal in 40 states. You're not supposed but to smoke them or You can or, smoke turkey or <laughs> you get a
2: doctor's note excuse me sir can i uh can i have a a note to smoke a turkey it was the funniest thing because we're having a conversation with the city manager and uh one of the council people literally though and we're talking And like yeah you know i like to smoke turkeys at thanksgiving and i'm like um what else do you like to smoke <laughs> turned <into> this hilarious <laughs> conversation but anyway, the point being is they were, and I, I, we've never done this yet, but they did say that actually having a smoked Turkey is apparently spectacularly good. Never had one.
3: Yes, it is pretty good actually. Yeah.
1: Okay. But lemon pledge is better. You based it in lemon pledge and butter. Yes. You want me wipe your Ficus tree? Preston. Sorry.
2: <laughs> See, I, that, that was crossover. Uh, I had to throw in Mr. Deeds there. That was, do you remember that scene? I never saw it. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's, it's, it's a great movie by the way. It's hilarious. I don't know, housekeeper, whatever her title was. It's this little flashback, you know, she's flirting with the, the guy that owns the place. And she's like,
1: you want me to, f-? it sounds just like, what's her name from, <laughs> you want me to wipe down your ficus street, Preston? <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, I love it. What's her name? Consuela. Yes, there
3: we go.
2: I've still never really watched the family guy. So I've only just heard clips.
3: You know, it's worth watching.
2: Is it though? Or is it more just hearing the clips?
3: I'd say that, Pretty much every episode is worth watching. Isn't it pretty like yeah.
2: above and beyond irreverent in every way?
3: Like yeah, Well, above with, and beyond, they wouldn't be able to do that, but uh, pretty. it's pretty irreverent and it's okay. very cleverly done. Clever's good. A little okay. lowbrow, low but yeah. we can all use a little lowbrow once in a while.
2: <laughs> Although, I'll tell you, so many people, because you know this is coming back here, what, in, in a couple of weeks, I think at the end of December... Orville season two, which I'm, you know, super excited about. And everybody's like, you know, I just don't like Seth MacFarlane because of family guy. Well, I what? still stand by that. If you don't like family guy, that's fine because the Orville is not the family guy. It's great. Sci-fi speaking of great movies. Now we are going to go into, as I said, this, we're going to go into detail at the very end of the episode. It'll be our final topic because I don't want anybody to have spoilers. If you have not seen the new fantastic beast yet, So really quickly, though, what I want to do is just say, let's each of us give us our brief rating, whether you liked it or not. And then we'll go into full on spoiler detail later on in the episode. So Green Butterfly, what's your score?
0: Nine out of 10 adorable Nifflers.
2: Oh, okay, So you liked (laughs) it.
3: Nifflers are are great. Some of the best stuff, yeah.
0: I liked it very much.
2: Good. I was very pleasantly surprised. So I'm going to say it's a nine out of 10 Nagini's. I really liked mm. Nagini, and I am really sad for her.
3: That was really cool, yeah. but that's a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? Not
2: necessarily. Okay, Nagini's in the movie. We don't know. Any, I'm, I'm saying I'm sad for her because Nagini is in the movie. We know what happens to Nagini in Harry
3: Potter. We know you get to find out how Nagini comes to be, or sort of. Yeah, which I, I didn't know.
2: Very happy. I didn't. Well, so I, I think this was just Careful. written in. As far as I know, this is not part of the original lore. This whole story with Nagini.
3: And
0: I think this was will, just recently. We will discuss that later.
3: Exactly. I yeah, will elaborate. Captain Influence, what's I, your score? I give it a six and a half out of 10. Oh. I'm leaning towards seven. Okay. And I'll and we'll elaborate later. I enjoyed it more than not. And I saw the original movie just hours before it. So
2: Nice. Yeah. We watched it the day before. So it was nice and fresh in our minds. But there's some other thoughts on that. So yes, we'll spoilers coming soon but we'll give you plenty of notice so you can pause the episode and come back after you've seen the movie but i'm excited because you know yesterday was thanksgiving we are extremely full you know i'm never full the day after i don't know if it's me i mean you know you have that food coma on thanksgiving but then the next day i'm like what are we eating let's eat i'm I'm just (laughs) weird like that yeah uh but we gotta talk to eat them while they're fresh We got to talk Thanksgiving fun, traditions, foods we love, foods we hate, memories, et etc. et cetera. And then, of course, since today's Black Friday, we definitely wanted to have an episode because, you know, you might be out doing stuff, shopping, going crazy. But we got to share a couple of crazy memories on that. But before we get into our Thanksgiving fun foods and traditions, Green Butterfly has some interesting facts about Thanksgiving.
0: First Thanksgiving was thought to be in 1621. The year after, half of the original settlers died not having enough harvest Mm. and not learning to basically ration their food out throughout the year and put food away for the winter. Mm -hmm. So in 1621, they learned from a local Indian tribe how to better farm and, and hold on to their resources. And that was believed to be the first Thanksgiving. Huh. We also believe that the first Thanksgiving dinner was likely goose and fish mm. because Turkeys were not native to that area. Mm-hmm. So I think it was very unlikely that Turkey was involved. In seventeen seventy seven, the Continental Congress said that all thirteen colonies must celebrate a day of thanks. Nice. That's all they said. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all the colonies chose different days. Oh, oh interesting. But then a journalist named Sarah Hale Mm -hmm. wanted a day to unify our entire nation because we're about to go to civil war. Mm. And President Lincoln heard about her writing campaign and made Thanksgiving a national holiday the last Thursday in November in 1863.
2: That's cool. So wait, it was the last Thursday, but now it's the fourth Thursday.
0: Right. But it was originally the last Thursday.
2: Interesting. See, I, I have a hard time with Thanksgiving being as early as it is this year because this is the earliest possible that it, are, yeah, it's the earliest that it can possibly be in the month of November because the first of November was a Thursday. So this is like kind of awkwardly right. weird early for me. Like it's, I wish it was next week kind of thing, but still, I mean, this it's is, the way it is. It's this is
0: Thursday. a super early year this year.
2: Yeah. Sooner the better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it happened when it did. Why? you just like ready for Christmas to get your (laughs) Christmas decorations up?
0: I'm always
3: ready to eat too much, dude.
2: Oh, well, that's okay. I'm with you on that.
3: Not that I always do, Mm. but I'm ready when the holiday calls for it.
2: That's good. There's also a tradition around football.
0: Football was first played on Thanksgiving Day by the Detroit Lions in 1934, which is my home team. Nice. So go Lions. Now... The Dallas Cowboys also play on Thanksgiving, and they joined in that tradition in 1966.
2: I hear a lot of people. I mean, some people love it; like their tradition is to get up, you make your food, you have your awesome Thanksgiving meal, and then you watch football. So I do know that there's traditions for that.
3: Watching football,
2: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then I know a lot of other people on the other hand that really hate the fact that any sports is being played on our national holiday. So I wonder why, I mean, do we know why this tradition was created by the Lions? Or was it one of those things where it's like, hey, we, we love this. We want to honor Thanksgiving by playing on that day or what?
0: When I was doing the research to get the years and find out why we were playing football on Thanksgiving, it said that. At the time when this began, most people were working a, a six-day work week mm-hmm. and sports was considered a leisure activity and they uh-huh. really wanted Thanksgiving to be a leisure sort of a holiday, so they wanted to play football because that was considered okay. something you do in your, in your leisure time and in, in the 1930s, it was really common to have a six-day work week. Hmm. So Thanksgiving time was a week that you actually had an extra day of leisure.
2: Interesting. Okay. Well, that makes sense.
0: Mm, Yeah, it does.
2: It's fascinating to hear, you know, in, in the earlier years, of course, when basically the colonists, you know, they had no idea how to store their food up, ration it, canned food, et cetera, et cetera, you know, to, to survive through the winter. So they would die. It's like, that's really, it's interesting to think that, I mean, granted that's been what 400 years ago almost now, but you look at that and go, we really take for granted what we have. I mean, the fact that we can just go to the store and get our food throughout the winter, no big deal.
3: Yeah. It's crazy the persp- when you put things like that in perspective, how they we can try to fathom it, but we really can't. Yeah. Well, tell us
2: about some of your your Thanksgiving traditions. Let's start there. I want to talk about, in a few minutes though, this will be interesting, some of the health benefits of Thanksgiving, being thankful and stuff. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it,
3: it is actually really, really cool. But you got to stay tuned for this one, oh, people. It's, it's yeah. The health this, benefits of Thanksgiving. This will change your dadgum
2: <laughs> life. Let me tell you that. But uh, the Captain Influence. Tell us some of your your fun Thanksgiving traditions.
3: We traditionally do what I think the majority of United Statisticians do. Uh, <laughs> United on, this,
1: Staticians?
3: On, on that great day, we you know we get together with one side of the family or another. Uh, this year it was my wife's side of the family here in Iowa so I didn't have to travel that was great and we have our turkey our stuffing our typical thanksgiving meal mm-hmm. and then the men folks separate go down and watch football in the basement S- and,
2: smoke cigars and drink brandy no no oh. unfortunately no that's no, the old that's the old tradition for the men folk. sorry i'm just you know
3: yeah and i wish you know I'd, i i kind of like that it sounds fun <laughs> but you know the older gentleman in the group would start nodding off you know and they were making me want to nod off and i've been kind of asleep ever since until you woke me up just a few minutes ago. Well,
2: I'm I'm glad I could be of service. I am your yeah. alarm clock. I appreciate it. I can say, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of necessarily Thanksgiving traditions per se either. Same kind of thing, you know, get together with whatever family is available. Somet- we did a Friendsgiving one year, which was actually really fun. Our families yeah, were like all fun. elsewhere. We couldn't get together with anybody and our friends invited us over to their thanksgiving and it was it was their family but it was a lot of friends from all over and it was actually really good really good time so i totally recommend friendsgivings if you can't get together with family thanksgivings but yeah usually it's dinner games dinner movies sometimes you know you go through all these sales ads for black friday later in the day you know i mean minus the cooking of course once the cooking's done it's usually pretty relaxing and fun but yeah what about you green butterfly
0: once i get my turkey in the roaster then I usually sit down and watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Nice. I was excited to find out it has actually been going on since 1924.
3: That is cool. Dang. Macy's has been around for a while, haven't they? Mm-hmm.
0: After dinner, we usually watch a movie or our new thing is we like to play Apples to Apples. Have you guys ever played Apples to Apples?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That's a fun game. Lots. But
0: Nice. So entertaining to play with a group. <laughs> it really is. Usually the bigger the better, too. Right. And Thanksgiving is our biggest group of the year. So
2: nice. Let's do this. Let's say favorite and unfavorite Thanksgiving foods.
0: My favorite Thanksgiving foods are deviled eggs and sweet potatoes. Oh, nice. And my least favorite is the stuffing that you cook inside the bird because <laughs> i've already cleaned the inside of the bird earlier in the morning and i know what was in there and i can't eat in bird stuffing <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah awesome. that,
3: I, I imagine that makes it a little more difficult but that's why i don't do that so,
0: it's stovetop all the way
3: <laughs> nice stovetop is awesome
0: i also. always make in bird stuffing for people that like it, but I eat stovetop because I yeah. can't I can't I can't
3: do it. <laughs> but deviled eggs is a great one. Yeah, I'm a little jealous yes. you got to have deviled eggs yesterday. Yeah. Again, I'm such a traditionalist. Turkey, white and dark meat, stuffing, in the bird or out, doesn't matter to me. Cranberry salad, which is kind of like a cranberry dressing, mm-hmm. green bean casserole of any kind, mashed potatoes mm-hmm. with onion gravy. Oh yeah. Uh, my wife yeah. and I make this special onion gravy every year. That's just uh I'm still recovering Asian salad. You know, the kind with the, with the ramen noodles in it.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good.
3: Croissants for rolls. Oh yeah. And for dessert, any pie doesn't matter with vanilla ice cream. Uh, This year we happen to have apple pie. So yeah,
0: apple. Oh, that's a good finish right there.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. As if you can possibly eat it by the time you get to that point, but
1: you find a way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Your stomach finds a way. Take
3: a, take a line to the bathroom for the take the purge line to the bathroom <laughs> how, how long is the purge line grandma
1: <laughs> oh, there's three people in front of you i really want some pie
3: uh, i really need some pie before that ice cream melt. <laughs> hurry up oh my gosh what do you not like macaroni salad or potato salad only because that's just adding insult to injury
2: oh just because it's too much
3: it's just too much. It's too rich for on top of all that other stuff that you got to have. I so. see
2: macaroni and potato salad as a summer dish anyway.
3: Oh sure, but, but I've okay. seen it happen. So at you, at will,
0: you will you will eat it if it's not Thanksgiving. Is that what we're
3: saying? Oh yeah, you bet absolutely. Especially potato salad. I like potato yeah. salad, but okay, but not at Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was really okay. difficult to come up with those two, by the way, because I you like I was it all like, what what don't I like at Thanksgiving? Oh okay. Yeah. So I had to kind of stretch that one.
2: It's so funny. I'm not into a lot of the traditional Thanksgiving foods. Ironically, I I don't like stuffing really that much at all, whether it's stovetop or in bird. I'm just like, eh, you know, Um, I know. Turkey to me is okay. I am not a big turkey fan. I love chicken. I love ostrich, but I'm just not a big fan of turkey. I never have been.
3: Oh, Brian loves ostrich. I do. It tastes
2: (laughs) glorious, man. It's fantastic.
3: Well, I'm going to get Ostrich next year. You should, dude, because it's really How do you swing good. that?
2: <laughs> um, well, if you grab it by the head and you're strong enough, you can swing it pretty dang well. <laughs> so um just keep
3: that in mind
0: this just turned violent i
3: know brian brian i've got i've got to know where you had ostrich at thanksgiving i have
2: to no i've never had ostrich at thanksgiving i'm just saying when it comes to bird meat i love ostrich meat it's really good okay okay yeah all right the other thing the other thing i'm not a fan of now this is actually really (laughs) so i think it was a couple of years ago we had a couple of different pumpkin pies. I mean, you've got your ones you can buy from the store. Of course, then you've got your homemade pumpkin pie made out of like Crisco because it makes everything flakier. And then, you know, just can of pumpkin, really not much in the way of spices, maybe a little cinnamon and that's it. And then you've got your like super duper homemade pumpkin pie that has like everything's made from scratch Mm -hmm. and you use real butter and you use other, you know, really good stuff. Use a lot of spices. So it's more like a pumpkin spice. So to me, that pie is awesome. The other straight pumpkin pies, eh? they're just boring. Yeah. They just don't taste very good. So that's the stuff I don't like, but let me make your mouth's water for a minute.
3: Ooh, ostrich, ostrich, smoked ostrich,
1: <laughs> uh, boiled. Oh, oh no,
3: uh, that's, no,
1: that's, that's, that's heinous. That's heinous. That's
3: I, too old fashioned.
2: I love prime rib at, at Thanksgiving. We've done that in the past once and it was so good. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that again. We actually did do, a re it was cedar plank salmon, fresh salmon flown in uh, one year. It was so good. So that was a really good treat. I'll eat turkey if people put it in front of me, as long as there's good gravy with it. But again, it's like I what I want is like I'll eat turkey that night and then I don't want leftovers because that's like no thanks. Don't care about turkey that much. That's fair. But prime oh prime (laughs) rib is good. But anyway, whatever. I'm honestly not that picky with food, but I love good cranberry dishes as well. Ideally fresh not a big fan of canned cranberry and Sarah and my mom actually both make great cranberry. Like you said, it's like a salad, but it's, it's fruit yeah. based. It's really, really, really good though.
3: So good with white meat. It's it's just white so good turkey. period.
2: I have to totally agree with you. Green butterfly deviled eggs is one of my absolute favorite. And I'll tell you that if you do, you know, the sparkling apple cider, like the, the Martinelli's, mm-hmm. if you have some of that and you eat your deviled eggs and then you, you know, take a little drink of it, it's so good together. Mm. Just throwing that huh. out.
1: Yeah,
3: Nobody you ever gives me deviled eggs for Thanksgiving. It's That's typically
2: it's typically an Easter tradition, but for some reason we started yeah. doing it at Thanksgiving and I'm like, it's perfect with Thanksgiving. So,
3: Dude, I'm going to go have Thanksgiving have next year at your house. Totally, dude. Prime rib oh. and deviled eggs. Yeah, we might even do like a love, Dutch apple I pie. I love them
0: so much that I request them every year from wherever I'm going. Yes. I'm like, are you going to make deviled <laughs> eggs? Yes, me too. <laughs> for every holiday. We are so alike on that
2: one. And they're pretty easy to make, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Sparkling apple cider, regular spice cider, good veggie dishes. I loved all the ones you mentioned, Captain Influence. Somebody go in sweet potato dishes. Uh, And then Johnny Pistol Shot has a passed down family recipe. It's called cranberry salsa. Great for Thanksgiving and also around Christmas. And it is made out of cranberries. You put jalapeno and onions and other things in there.
3: That's a southern Minnesota tradition, right?
2: Yes. And his his family is actually... His family recipe is super duper sweet. There's a lot of sugar in it because it's supposed to be sort of a sweet dish. Sarah and I actually mm-hmm. cut down our sugar to like almost nothing. So we want it more savory. So you can do it either way, yeah. but maybe we can post it if I can get uh you know JPS's permission to post it. It's a great recipe. But yeah, you do it with chips and Please. cream cheese and other things like that and or or whatever. You you name it, you put it in there. Mm, I got some good food coming up i can't wait
3: dip i'm gonna dip some strips of white meat into that cranberry salsa and eat it eat it like it's a tortilla chip
2: probably a good idea yeah yeah i like that Mm. we're smoked Mm. are you smoking turkeys again
1: (laughs) smoking smoking something (laughs) that's right okay
2: one of the things that i feel like we should do more of around thanksgiving And I'm not saying the three of us, but I'm saying in general, because as we know culture, we've talked about this on the show. Culture tends to skip over Thanksgiving, you know, Halloween to Christmas, because that's what sells going back to your history of Thanksgiving. We tend to forget what Thanksgiving is all about. We tend to forget the idea of being thankful and having gratitude in our lives. And I thought it would be really cool to research the health benefits of gratitude, which I'm now calling the health benefits of Thanksgiving. (laughs) So yeah, not only
3: that's are you, what you were talking yeah, about
2: eating great food, but I should not be surprised by this list that I'm about to share with you, but I am for whatever reason. We don't have the practice of gratitude every day anymore.
3: It's so easy to take all the good things in your life for granted when your lives are pretty good. Sure. It's easy to forget how many people out there have nothing like your life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's so, but it comes easier for them to be thankful when things happen on the plus side. Whereas with us, it's much more just, you know, of course we're thankful. I don't think about it very often, even at Thanksgiving. So
2: it's a very interesting perspective because I think you're right that there is a, there's a segment that life is good. We forget to be thankful. Like we take Mm -hmm. it for granted. I also think there's a segment, like you also said that they, you know, life can be pretty sucky. And so when something good happens, they're extremely thankful. And then I think there's another segment and I call them the poverty-minded, pessimistic, cynical type. They're the people that bad things happen, maybe not that bad though. I mean, like you know they're they're bad, but it's not like it's not traumatic necessarily, but mm. you know, negative things are going on, but what happens is they focus on that, and so that becomes their life. So I think there's a few yep. segments you know of, of how we approach things, yeah, totally. and in fact, it is interesting that when I was hosting AeroSquad, I felt myself. And I'm pretty sure movie critics get this way too, because you see them start (laughs) off and they have great reviews. And then all of a sudden everything's just like pissy negative. (laughs) You know what I mean? So is that how it tends? It seems like it. And I was, what I noticed is that when I was watching arrow, I was loving it. I was super giddy, you know, the first couple of years of arrow squad. And then towards the end, I didn't want to be there anymore. And I could not explain why. And so Mm. all of my, I was always super critical. I was negative. And then I stepped away from it. And then all of a sudden I was like, Why was I so negative and critical? I don't even know. It was the weirdest thing, but I think it's because I was focusing on everything that was wrong with the show and it permeated my entire life. And so stepping away from being a critique all the time or a critic. Yeah, it's like I was happier again. I don't know. It's really weird, but that's just me. Maybe that's not everybody, but here's a list of health benefits of gratitude. Number number one opens the door to more relationships. I E people like us more. If you have gratitude, you will have improved physical health. Now, this may not be true in all situations. Obviously, there are some extraneous cases. However, they're saying overall, your health will be better. If you have gratitude versus the alternative, you'll have an improved psychological health. Makes sense. Enhances your empathy and reduces your aggression. Also makes sense. Better sleep. Yeah. Improved self-esteem increased mental strength. That was interesting. Gratitude, obviously. I mean, again, obviously, right? It reduces stress. It reduces anxiety and depression. This is interesting to me though. It decreases pain in our bodies. That was interesting. I'm not surprised, but that
3: would be neat to test out.
2: Increased energy and vitality. Makes sense. Makes us happier. Of course, develops our personality better. Now this one was also fascinating. They're not saying you have a better personality. It's saying that your personality will develop into a better personality over time. Mm. Which is really cool. More optimism, you'll live longer. I have a friend, Chris, who listens to the show as well. He was talking about his father who ate ice cream every single night. Lucky. He had ice cream every <laughs> night, you know? Long, healthy life. You look at that and you just go, well, did he have gratitude? And was he thankful for his ice cream every night?
3: Well, um, Chris's father has given me the excuse I've been waiting for all my life. That's right. Thank you, Chris. Woo! Thank you, Chris's dad. Going out to buy some ice cream. Do it. Because I've got a great attitude and I'm thankful. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Really, your whole list boils down to uh, having a good attitude about, you know, developing a better attitude about life. And I've always talked about attitude. Yeah. Attitude Uh, and gratitude. And Good attitude begets gratitude.
2: I agree. Gratitude makes you more likely to exercise. That one I found funny. It's not that it will make you in better shape. It's that you'll actually want to exercise more when you have Gratitude. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But again, it it does make sense. Uh, You'll have happier memories. That's a good one. I I mean, I loved that though. It's like, you'll look back on life and you'll just think of all these wonderful, happy memories because of the gratitude moments versus like, man, I remember that. That sucked. You know, I mean, again, it makes perfect sense, but it's just like, Oh, hundred percent. Got to remember that gratitude reduces envy. Gratitude helps us to relax more. This one's fun. It makes you look better. So up to yourself at least. I, oh no. Apparently you become more attractive
3: <laughs> Yeah, to other people. Obviously. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now actually I totally no, because, agree with that.
3: Yeah. Because gratitude begets confidence as well. Gratitude begets happy, you know, yeah. happy feelings. Yeah. Well, you know what? Okay. So, so
2: do you know when uh, I, I talked about Tara from uh, pizza rev a while ago? Yeah. I have not yeah. seen her. We haven't seen her in a long time actually, but every time, in fact, I was always telling Sarah this every time I see her, she just radiates pleasantness. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, when somebody radiates pleasantness, I mean, I'm assuming that has to do with joy, gratitude, peace, whatever you want to call it. It is more of an attract. I'm not saying necessarily that you're attracted to that person. I'm saying it's attractive to be around. So it yeah. may not look better in the sense of like, Ooh, I love that person's hot. Not like necessary. It could be, but I'm saying it's also a, wow, I really want to be around that person. There's something about them that draws me in. If that makes sense. So it makes yeah. you look better. Makes Yeah. Sense. Gratitude Deepens Friendships. I stopped there. There was more, but I'm like, I got to stop this list. We could go on for hours. But I mean, again, it makes total sense. But for whatever reason, I am still surprised because my question is this. Is it really that simple? I didn't say easy. No. I didn't say easy. But is it really that simple?
3: Okay. Good clarification. In my opinion, possibly. I mean, it. if you consistently work on having a better attitude about your circumstances and your everyday life i think that you will find yourself becoming more grateful for you know the blessings you have all those other health benefits from just stem from a good attitude a happy outlook total sense can we all do it consistently no it's a lot of a struggle with that but it is that simple i think yeah it could be yeah I, i would agree it's
2: never well i mean it could be easy for some people but i think for many of us it's definitely not easy but I agree that it is that simple. What do you think, Green Butterfly? Do you do you think it's that simple?
0: Yes, I think it is that simple. It's not going to be like that for you every day. You're going to have bad days where you just can't find the gratitude or the positive in yeah. a situation. But if you could put yourself in the mindset to try to make the most hours of your day the most positive they could be, and just take it even one hour at a time before you take it one day at a time. That might be a way, even to make it simpler. Because it is, like you said, it is simple, but it's not easy. You have to make a conscious decision to think that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep your mind thinking that way, regardless of the negativity that we're bombarded you. with. Oh,
2: you're not kidding. I actually, do want to talk about this next week. I'll tease us for next week. I continually am surprised at how easily I am corrupted. I'm going to say corrupted, not just influenced, but corrupted by society and culture and caring what other people think. And I don't ever notice it in the moment. I'm thinking like, yeah, I don't care what people think, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at this. And then I don't know, somewhere down the road, all of a sudden I'll be like, why am I stressed about this? Why am I trying to do this over here? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it did it again. It seeped in and it corrupted me and I'm caring what people think all the time. And so you're right. We are bombarded by this kind of thing, but I want to talk about that next week because there's so much to go along with that. And, and I've heard from people that say, Oh, I don't care what people think, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't affect me. And I'm like, well, actually I think it does more than you realize. Maybe not to the level that I'm affected by it. Of course I'm affected by it very easily for whatever reason. But you know, I think, I think it affects people just like gratitude. Some people gratitude. It's easy. And some people, it really is a very huge challenge to have gratitude on a on a continuous basis. I wanted to say Green Butterfly too, at least in my experiences with you, you know, I think you have tremendous gratitude. And I know your life hasn't been easy and I know you've got stuff that you struggle with and have struggled with, but I think you're a huge, amazing model of gratitude for each of us. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: thanks, Brian. You know, when we see a lot of demonstrations of Gratitude versus not so much gratitude. Mm -hmm. Black Friday shopping.
3: (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) Oh, what a transition.
2: That was perfect. And you are so right. Tell us about your experience as Green Butterfly. Do you like Black Friday, first of all?
0: Yes, I do. Because it's connected to very positive memories with my mom. When she still lived here where I live, we used to late at night on thanksgiving you know circle everything in the paper because obviously this was before digital devices so we'd lay all the papers out and we'd circle all of what we wanted and make a list and put it in order and all these fun plans and we would get up at it was dark you know we'd get up at like 3 (laughs) (laughs) a.m and we would go and we would Get everything done. Go out to breakfast and be back in bed by noon. Nice. It was just so much fun because a lot of times, if you went that early, you could get little prizes for showing up that early. So there was just a very party environment.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So but, uh, was was that before people started camping out the night before? <laughs> I mean, that's been happening for quite a while, hasn't it? Yeah, or- that
0: that has been happening for quite a while. That's more of like a Best Buy, GameStop Stop phenomenon, mm-hmm. and yeah. that wasn't ever on our on our list because we knew that that sort of thing was going on. So I have all these beautiful, positive, fun memories from Black Friday, but I definitely have seen the dark side of Black Friday as well on those early mornings, yeah, where I was just so stressed out watching people fight over. Items.
3: Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or taking or just seeing them roll by with two buggies full of movies, say. Yeah. They always put a lot of movies on sale and people would get the maximum of every title and their carts would just be full. And, huh. and then I couldn't get what I wanted because people were buying and then re- reselling them. Oh, God, uh... Yeah. And so... You know, I just would hope that people will do positive on Black Friday and take advantage of the deals and get what you need, but don't take it all away from everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Don't be a hoarder. Yeah, and definitely, definitely be nice to the nice store people because they're working really hard. Yeah, I worked Black Friday for years. I've had fantastic experiences with. Employees at these big department stores that would, you know, take me out of line and check me out in the back so that I wouldn't have to wait, you know, the two hours in line. So, I mean, these people are amazing. They're Mm -hmm. working very hard and a smile goes a long way.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. It is the most hated day of the year for salespeople and those store clerks. I worked in, uh, I think it was Dillard's and also just a store in the mall. It was a part of the US Space Foundation. So, a few years on Black Friday. I didn't mind it as much because I love people. So I was like, whatever. But I just, I remember everybody around me was like, oh, I hate this day. I hate this day. You're there, you know, at the butt crack of dawn and you're just there all day, all night. You know, there's, it's exhausting and people are not happy. (laughs) So you really, yeah, you're right. Those people, man, give them some extra love and care. And, you know, while you're out today.
3: indeed.
0: Do you know when Black Friday started? No. It was named Black Friday by the Philadelphia Police Department. Oh. It was not related to, you know, stores being in the black, you know, making a lot of money. That's what most people think Black Friday is about or <laughs> why it was named that. And it is now. That's what it means now that the stores make a lot of money on that day. But the term was coined in Philadelphia by the by the police because the traffic was so bad. They had to have every police officer in the whole city working all day long just to keep the traffic moving oh
3: funny wow where's the black come in
0: they just hated it because they were coming off a holiday and then everybody in the whole department would have to come in and work double shifts just to keep you know keep the peace outside the department stores and Mm. keep the traffic moving this friday is black like my life
3: yeah, that's sure. what I, yeah. I kind of figured it had, it started with like that kind of a dark and dreary connotation or something like that.
2: Yeah. It's interesting though. Cause I don't, I mean, even though it's been around since the 1950s, I don't remember black Friday being a popular term until maybe 15 years ago because I remember I thought it was
3: in the eighties. Well, I just remember it's, like
2: when I was in high school and college, it was, you know, the day after Thanksgiving sale is what they would call it. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden in the mid two threes, I don't even know. It's been, like I said, the, 10, 15 years term, ago, all of a sudden, everything was Black Friday. Yeah. The I term the-
0: Black Friday entered pop culture in the year 2000. Hmm. Oh,
3: okay. Oh, there
0: you go then. So that's when it that's when it became not what the police originally named it, but became what it is today. So
2: then it did take a while for it to catch on because... I think it took from 1950 to 2000 to really become a sure. thing that every store uses. But even then, like I think it was in the mid two thousands before every store was using it. Cause even at 2000, I, I remember day after Thanksgiving sale, you know, all over the ads. Yeah. Interesting. It took,
0: someday. It took someday, a while to catch on.
3: Yeah. Someday it'll be black November.
2: Oh No. Please know
3: it'll just be the
2: whole month. Well, I totally am with you green butterfly. You know, there were some really, really fun memories with black Friday 10 plus years ago. My dad and I would go out. It was really fun. I mean, we'd, we'd look at the ads, you know, Thanksgiving day and we'd, we'd go out at, you know, four or five in the morning and everybody knows I am not a morning person. I am absolutely not even close. I'll go to bed (laughs) at five in the morning, but I will not get up that early. So, I mean, we, it was, it was always this like major push. You'd go out, but it was so much fun. It was usually cold. You know, you'd get something to eat really quick. You'd go get your coffee and you'd go to the sales. You know, you, you had all mapped out and planned out and you'd get there before all the crazy crowds would get there. Never did the camping out. That was never my thing. Anyway, we used to have a lot of fun and it was always busy, but it was never crazy. At least when we we did this, right? So you were just having a good time and and man, the sales back then were so good. I mean, you'd go in and it's like, (laughs) you can only get the sale one day a year. And it was great. Uh, right. And also, you know, the it, door busters, in other
3: words, it meant something back then, right?
2: Exactly. And I'm like I said, this is 10 plus years ago. So it's not like it was 30 years ago, right? It was, it's not been that long door busters. They actually used to be like really good items. Then somewhere along the lines within the last 10 years, things started to change. People started to get super greedy. They got disrespectful. I mean, at one point my dad and I are, you know, in on the parking lot, you're crossing from one row to the other row. And this lady in her SUV gunned it and literally almost ran us over because (laughs) she wanted the parking spot that was right behind us.
0: And I mean, if we had not
2: dodged out of the way we would have been hit. So it's like, you know, people started to get like that. You've got the chaos mobs in the stores that we were starting to see people literally taking things out of other people's hands. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then the sales started to get worse and it's like, well, you know, You don't have to wait till Black Friday. You can get the sale now. You can get the sale on Cyber Monday. You can get the sale in May. And it's just like, well, then, like you said, it has no meaning anymore. So I can get sales like this all year long. I don't need to wait till Black Friday and go get crazy anymore. And to me, it's kind of sad because it was a fun tradition and it was a fun way for stores to just go crazy and have a good time. And people used to be really respectful and fun. And it was just like a party. I mean, you go out and it was an experience, you know. Yeah, we haven't gone as much in the last few years because of those unfortunate negatives. But I look back on the positive, happy memories like our gratitude teaches us to do. <laughs> look at the you know, right. the good stuff that used to be. And it was a lot of fun.
3: You can skip me because I've never had a Black Friday tradition. The only tradition I've ever had in that regard is watching like, to see how many people get trampled at Walmart this year. Oh my gosh. Um, not that I want it to happen at all. I don't yeah. wish that on anybody, but I don't like crowds. And so I don't. Yeah. Ever put myself in that position. So, but I totally understand why people, you know, make an event out of it and have fun doing that. I get that. So,
2: and that's the thing. So, if you make an event out of it and you basically say, okay, here's what I would love to go get, but if I don't get it, oh well, because it could be sold out, right? You know, yeah. then it really is fun. You just go and make an event. But if you're like, I have to have that, and it's super stressful and usually very disappointing. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny too? Thinking, you mentioned the screen butterfly about movies. I, I mean, I remember that too. You'd have these bins full of DVDs and Blu-rays. And again, not that long ago. And so people would just go in and get, you know, $5 Blu-rays that are typically 30. And it's like, who uses DVDs and Blu-rays really all that often <laughs> anymore? I mean, do we care about a
3: those? a strange anymore? phenomenon, honestly. Yeah. I do, but... Well, I mean,
2: weird, some do, but most of it's digital now. You don't need to do that yeah. anymore.
0: There was literally a year that Best Buy had any... Blu-ray title you wanted for $7. Like it was any one you wanted.
2: Yeah. That was awesome. I remember that year. I would
3: have gotten every one of Ken Burns documentaries. Yeah. We, we bought a lot of movies that year. I really need to get set up to burn all of my legion of DVDs into some big hard drive or two so I can have them all digitized. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Plex.
0: My stepdad just <laughs> recently did that with his collection. He's really happy now.
3: Yes. Yeah. Nice. It's fun.
0: Well, I am thankful for friends. I am thankful for family. I am thankful that there's always food in my cupboard. And mm. I am thankful for fantastic beats. <laughs> I love that. And nice. we're
3: thankful for you, Real Brian.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I'm thankful that we get to sit on this show, get behind microphones, and hang out and talk. That's right.
0: I'm very thankful for the community you've
2: created, Brian. Well, thank you for saying that. And you know what? I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to keep moving it forward and to do new and even greater things in, well, the rest of the year, but also in 2019. So, yay. All right, well, let's do this. So this is where, for those of you who have not seen the new fantastic beasts, crimes of Grindelwald, if you do not want to be spoiled, this is where you need to pause the episode Go see the movie and then come back and, uh, you know, finish the episode after you've seen the movie. But uh, we're giving you plenty of warning right now to head out of here. But looking forward to a fun week next week. But here it is spoiler warning. Let's jump right into the Fantastic Beasts review. I am so excited. So I want Green Butterfly, I would love for you to go first, give us some of your thoughts.
0: Well, I guess I'll start with the dislikes because it's the shortest. Okay. The really only thing that I disliked was. That there was not enough joy to counteract the darkness. Mm. Okay. This movie, I felt, was super dark. And mm. if your children are into the Harry Potter universe and they're not of a certain age, I think that they would find this movie a little disturbing. Mm hmm. That's a little bit sad for me because to me this universe is a family movie universe. I I really enjoyed the beginning sequence and I enjoyed the score and I enjoyed the way the score and the images together was making me feel mm. and got me excited and pumped up. But when I really thought about what was happening in like the first half an hour of this film, I was like, Good Lord, if I was a kid either i wouldn't know what the world was going on because it just went over my head but it would still feel i feel like they would still feel darkness yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. there wasn't a lot of joy in this movie
3: yeah true not near as much as the first
0: one
2: no that's that's for sure
0: you know no a dancing in this film
1: yeah which,
0: <laughs> which you know that was like a highlight of film one yeah that's my main negative. Pretty yeah. much everything else in this film I could rave about. I feel like when we look back at our generation, I think Johnny Depp is going to be one of the best actors of our generation. Like, mm. I just love the way he embodies a character and, and gets into it so completely. Mm-hmm. When he was giving his speeches, just everything he does, his body movements, the way he delivers his lines, I'm buying it. He embodied this character to me. And when uh, we did the Harry Potter episode for Halloween, wondering how Jude Law would do with Dumbledore. And I am very pleased. Oh Yeah,
3: me too. Yeah, I liked I liked how he did for sure, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and I do have one other negative, but we'll probably get into it after everybody else has a turn, and that is I'm not sure the timeline works out, guys. Really? Oh, really? I was trying to get the timeline to work and I'm not sure that it oh, works. So
2: interesting.
0: I'm a little critical on time timeline things, yes, but for sure. We'll come back to timeline later. Okay. Okay. After everybody else has a has a turn.
2: No, that's good to know. I that's okay. Captain Influence, your thoughts.
3: I both liked it and I didn't like it. I more I liked it more than I didn't, though, obviously by the by the rating I gave it. Like I said earlier, I did see the first Fantastic Beast movie for the first time last Saturday afternoon. Oh, And then oh, okay. just a couple hours later, uh, my wife and I went to see the movie. Yeah. Uh the 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 sequel. So the first movie was very fresh in my mind. So I thought that this sequel was a lot was much much more similar to the last couple of Harry Potter movies in its serious mm. demeanor like yes. like green butterfly said it was a much darker film mm-hmm. like kind of like the almost the flip coin side of of the first fantastic beast movie which was very lighthearted and and just kind of it was set in the Harry Potter universe but yeah. it wasn't really tied to it Except that you, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you know that Newt Scamander wrote one of the books that the kids had to own for their classes. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lighthearted, fun movie. And this movie, you know, J.K. Rowling wrote the screenplay for this movie, which she did not do for the first movie. So, and it shows because she's the world's leading Harry Potter scholar, obviously. And so she vigorously started tying it into the Harry Potter lore that we've already been exposed to in the earlier movies and the books, and which I respect. That's great. But what this resulted in, I felt, was a little bit of what I would call plot lag. instead of jet lag, you know? Mm-hmm. Since those details that she's tying in were not really fresh in my mind anymore. You know, I, I haven't seen the last... Harry Potter movie for years and I've never been a complete Harry Potter fanboy mm-hmm. just an enthusiast. And so I came out of the movie a little bit perplexed and not 100% clear on all the details. I mean I knew what happened and I kind of got the gist of all the of of most of her tie-ins, but there was a lot of lore tie-in. They ended the movie a little too abruptly. I didn't get the same like the usual cues you get in just in almost any film, especially a a fantasy or action sci-fi film or whatever you typically just get cues like you know your build up your climax and then you're done with the the film the resolution or whatever in hindsight after i got out of the movie i could see the cues you know after after the credits started i was like whoa whoa i didn't realize it was gonna end right there yeah then i realized okay well i guess you know okay that was the climax obviously i just didn't think that the climax of the movie was as climactic as i was expecting Hmm. i thought there was another half hour in the movie when it when it ended yeah yeah Uh, but at the at that time, I didn't realize that there were there were going to be another three movies planned for this franchise. But my final takeaway from it, though, is that it was engaging enough to make me not realize how long it had been because it's like a two two hour thirteen minutes, I guess, is its runtime. Mm-hmm. I was never just kind of going, "Oh, is this is ever going to end." I mean, mm-hmm. I, I it went really fast, so I must have been enjoying it. So, yeah, that's my summation.
2: Okay, I think it's interesting that you bring up the uh, the dislikes on that, and I think even just some of the stuff you said. Green butterfly. I would agree with those that, you know, it was dark. Definitely not a kid's movie per se can be disturbing in some areas just from the, the heaviness of it. But also I liked what you said too about the confusion. So, you know, Sarah Miss light was very confused in certain parts because she's not really familiar with the Harry Potter side of things, you know, not watched really in the, <coughs> any of the, movie. I think she's seen one movie, maybe, you know, hasn't read the books. Of course, definitely any of that stuff that was geared for fans of Harry Potter who know, I, I thankfully I think most of the references were from the movies mm-hmm. and so if you've not read the books I think you're still okay as long as you know the movies but in, in Sarah's case she's like I, I don't know what's going on so that was to me it was exciting but to her uh, you know for for someone who doesn't know the the Harry Potter universe as much I was surprised by that it's kind of like you yeah. are leaving out a, a bunch of people that don't know what's going on as much
3: right. And and I could see if you're a Harry Potter enthusiast and very seeped in the lore even after all these years, this was a gem. I mean it, I was it's kitty Let's it, put it that way. It's got all sorts of candy for you to mm-hmm. grab. But if you're not really if you don't have a really good memory for all the lore and some of the and there were so many sub characters in this movie. We're like, oh my gosh, that's such and such. Or, you know, like the Nagini thing. That's
1: that's Nagini? Nagini? Oh,
3: oh, that's it. Because that was really cool when when I realized that's who that was. Yeah. It's like, that's the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, duh. Yep. So, yeah. So that was really cool. I mean, there were some really cool parts in the movie uh, in that regard, but I could understand why Sarah was very lost.
2: Well, and like even, you know, Lord Thunder was saying, because he hasn't seen the movies either. And he was saying, well, I'm going to go watch the Fantastic Beasts movies first. And then Harry Potter. And I said,
1: well... No, same
2: thing. No. You're going to be lost if you, you need to watch no. Harry Potter first. And so I think that is, like I said, really cool for fans, a disservice to those who are just discovering the movies for the first time. And I think that I don't know if that's bad or good. It's just, it's what it is. You know, throwing out a a couple of just speaking of all of the little Easter eggs, I'm throwing out a fun couple fun ones here. One was like the mirror of air uh, which was in, you know, the mm-hmm. first Harry Potter movie. That was really, really cool. It's interesting to see. That Dumbledore was looking at it and seeing it. And then he's the one, you know, telling Harry later on that men have wasted away in front of this mirror. And I thought, Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, So that was kind of cool. McGonagall. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, you only saw her for a brief (laughs) second, but she almost sounded like the other actress. I was so excited. And then of course she like undid the spell, you know, with the mouth and then redid it. I was like, that is so McGonagall. So that was really Uh cool. Super short. Of course, Nicola Flamel, that was neat. I knew he was going to be in there. I I'm honestly a little surprised that he was so frail because I thought yeah, that it preserved it his life. And I mean,
3: comically it, frail, that
2: was kind of interesting to me. Although I loved the little nod where you see the sorcerer's stone in his cabinet. That was cool. You know, interesting. They didn't really make a big deal out of it, but the fact that Grindelwald was, wielding the elder one the entire time so there's two of the i wondered if that was the
3: elder one and yeah yeah. i asked asked my wife is that the elder one she's like i forget yeah so so many tie-ins to the primary harry potter series yeah
2: and the whole thing with Uh, nagini i was i was blown away that it's like she's this really cool girl and granted i'm glad they explained that she'll be forever trapped in the body of the beast you know she'll become the snake and everything but it's funny because I was reading up a little bit on it and somebody was talking about that, you know, does Nagini go to the dark side and align herself with Voldemort. And I thought, I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think that Nagini's good hearted. She didn't cross over to Grindelwald's, you know, side basically. I think she's going to become trapped in the snake. And I have a feeling that Voldemort's going to enslave her. And that's oh, why yeah. he puts a Horcrux in her. That's my theory or white. I mean, he and makes it- her
3: a Horcrux. And the actress who played her, what was her name? Do you remember Green Butterfly? Claudia What's her name? Kim. Claudia Kim. Claudia Kim. Yep. She was really good in um, Netflix's Marco Polo series. Mm. Um, that's where things. I first noticed her, and and so it was nice to see her in this movie. Yeah,
0: I, was, I like that theory, though, Ryan. That's good.
3: Yeah,
2: I think that's. I mean, I hope that's what we see. I actually do. I actually would prefer that we see her enslaved, because then you know she didn't go to the dark side. Kind of like Lita. I was so happy. That Lita stood up, especially with, you know, what we know a little bit about her family future. Although I think a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Bellatrix is her ancestor. I'm like, well, actually, Bellatrix was a black who married into the Lestrange family. So that's right. right. Her yeah.
0: her husband was Lestrange.
2: Exactly. Actually, one quick question. And Green mm. Butterfly, you should know this. Thestrals, the little horse like mm. dragon creatures, things, you know, for those who don't know what Thestrals are they pulled you know of course the carriage in the very beginning of the movie i thought they could only be seen if you've seen death otherwise i thought they were invisible so why did we see them in this movie
0: that that is true you are right the reason why i think they might have shown them in this sequence is just because well number one it was cinematically beautiful but number two is because it was just death after death after death after death so everyone around that area at that moment was witnessing death.
2: But had they witnessed death before getting in the carriage is what I'm saying.
0: I'm thinking that the, that the festivals became visible to them the moment that they saw death, which at that moment there was a lot of people
2: dying. But see that to me, like that's a big plot hole. And especially with JK writing this whole thing, I think it would have been amazing as if like the carriage was there and you couldn't see the Thestrals and it was invisible. And all of a sudden it takes off into the sky. And then when the death starts, they appear like that would be amazing. Right. That would have been
3: neat, but I, I just know there was method to her madness. She, she did the screenplay and she's, she's it for the lore. I don't, I don't see her making that kind of mistake. She had a reason for doing that.
2: Well, so maybe they don't become invisible yet. Maybe they are visible until a certain part in time.
3: No, I think she was trying to make a statement with them being visible, I think. Okay. Well, see, that, that would be, was a really good observation, though. I would be
2: curious to know what our, where madness was, method to the madness, yeah. but yeah.
3: Yeah, it would. So I got to
2: say, I really enjoyed it. I mean, really, I had a lot of fun. It was, um, I'm with you, Captain Influence. I, I was surprised when it was over. Like, wow, that did not feel long to me, even though it was two hours and 15 minutes. And it was just like, I just loved it. To me, the pacing was actually good. I read some reviews where people were saying, You know, it had very little story, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, no, actually, it had quite a bit of really good story, but I could see where it would be more like a Deathly Hallows part one type, you know, of feel where it's setting up stuff because it is part two of a five series movie series. But I, I, I don't know. To me, it was really good. There were some great stories. Like we saw some incredible development with Credence. That was very shocking. I didn't expect any of that. The development with Lita was powerful and sad and just, emotional you know you think about Voldemort and how just ruthlessly evil he was and then you think about Grindelwald and they even said he's sil- silver tongued. that's why they supposedly cut his tongue out at the very beginning even though they got the wrong person right. he really was like you're right about Johnny Depp he did a phenomenal job of creating the super seductive and charming person who just brought people over and I see a lot of parallels especially this is right before World War II. And to me, like I see Grindelwald as like a Hitler. He's the silver tongued person that's saying, no, well, this is better. Trust me. Like it's good on my side. We're actually going to help the world. We're going to prevent war when the reality is, is I have a feeling he actually probably causes world war two.
1: <laughs> that's my, And theory. how
3: was it, that? Was it, it was also, again, I don't see this. This can't possibly have been a plot hole because of who did the screenplay. But when he was revealing to his audience near the end of near the climax, uh, all the people watching him in that amphitheater—the what they were fighting to prevent—it was all stuff that happened, you know, many years in the future in yeah. World War II. And I didn't put two and two together at the time. I was like, why are they? Why that that stuff hasn't happened yet? So, is he? Show, how is he showing them the future?
2: Future telling within the lore. Okay.
0: Right, there are there are wizards and witches that have that as their talent that they can see into the future. So he must be getting information from one of his acolytes that tells okay. him that yeah. they've had a vision that this is going to happen.
3: And Green Butterfly, can you remind us, I still don't remember because I haven't looked it up since I saw the movie, but how, how are Grindelwald and Voldemort related in the storyline again?
0: They're related in the fact that that is where Grindelwald's story will ultimately end because Voldemort kills Grindelwald in his prison cell in Nirmengard in Harry Potter Part 7. I don't know what year that would be.
2: It was was in the 90s, but yeah.
0: Yeah, so it would be in, in the 1990s. So that's how his story is going to end. Voldemort is going to kill him because he refuses to tell voldemort where the elder wand is
3: okay that's right
2: i actually did a little research on this and it was on the uh, pottermore which was fun isn't that a great website oh my gosh it's amazing yeah and i was i was doing some research on basically one dumbledore's relationship with grindelwald but also and i didn't even notice this in the movie but they were talking about that he's sort of obsessed with obscurials and i thought oh, okay what, what's going on here so that's due to his sister, though. Exactly. And I didn't know all mm. that. That that definitely is beyond. Well, there's a little bit of it in, in Deathly Hallows in the movies, but there's definitely, I'm sure, more in the books. But Dumbledore's sister, Ariana, was abused by muggle boys when she was casting magic. She became sick, suppressing her magic, and then it got let out in a dangerous burst. So the theory, of course, is that she was an obscurial
3: after the first movie that becomes more obvious.
2: Exactly. And so then Dumbledore's mother was then killed in an accident caused by Ariana, probably from an obscurial attack. And then Dumbledore became guardian to Ariana and his brother Aberforth. Now we see Aberforth in the deathly Hallows who explains some of this stuff to Harry. And that's why you start to understand what's going on during this time. Dumbledore meets Grindelwald, the two exchange ideas and plot this idea of a new world order in which wizards ruled muggles for the greater good. And so right. during this time, they're planning to search for the three Deathly Hallows in order to achieve this goal. When Aberforth confronts them, they all three duel and then they accidentally kill Ariana. Grindelwald flees. Dumbledore, of course, is overcome by guilt. He realizes the error in his thinking about Muggle rule and then he spends the rest of his life trying to defend innocence against dark magic. And that's where we're seeing him now in the, the crimes of Grindelwald. So yes, mm-hmm. Harry learns this from Aberforth and the Deathly Hallows. A little bit of a backstory as to why we're, we're seeing some of this and why he's so mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: and speaking of Dumbledore can I just say this Jude you are absolutely 100% correct Green Butterfly in fact I was talking to sheer Tara about this who wanted to be on this show as well and her car broke down unfortunately she's had a lot of bad luck trying to get on this show <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> oh my gosh anyway
3: well we we miss her hopefully she gets home safely
2: uh, we'll we miss her.
0: you sheer Tara. I know.
3: yeah we could have could have been it could have been even more spectacular I sheer know her.
2: so I asked her at one point because we talked about this as well but like you know, which which Dumbledore, in her opinion, did a better job in the movies. And she loved, of course, the first Dumbledore. She said it was much more representative of the book Dumbledore. So I'm comparing as I'm going to watch Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm comparing Jude Law to, you know, our first Dumbledore. And he did a great job. I mean, he and those moments he had those real soft spoken words to Newt. He was a little quirky, but he was super wise and just like, joyful and gentle and everything else just like so much like our first Dumbledore and I was just like wow well as Hagrid would say well done Jude well done (laughs) I can't imitate him
3: (laughs) this is definitely one of those movies that I'm going to enjoy watching the second time more than I did the first Yeah, I enjoyed myself watching it this first time but after the fact once you gain all this feedback and such and remind yourself who that person was in relation to everything and what happened here and yada yada it's going to be a much more rich experience the second time i think
2: and pay attention to the soundtrack too that was something you know i love the original john williams harry potter soundtrack actually prisoner of azkaban was a great soundtrack Uh, and then some of the other ones in my opinion kind of got lost some were good some were just kind of meh you know like they blended in Fantastic Beasts had a decent soundtrack. I was blown away how good this soundtrack was. They nodded to John Williams. Of course, you see, you see Hogwarts and the music. It's the original Harry Potter theme music. I love it. You know, and then it goes off and I just, I remember going, I'm actually really thankful for this new score. It's that good. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And I remember in the other Harry Potter movies, I'm like, oh, bring back John Williams. I just remember saying that. And with this one, I'm like, oh no, this is good. Like, I don't know who it is, but this is good. <laughs> James Newton Howard did it. Awesome. He did the Dark Knight.
3: He I guess okay. he
2: did do the original Fantastic Beast. It just wasn't as amazing as I thought. He did the Hunger Games.
3: He had me at Dark Knight.
2: Yeah. So Batman Begins, Dark Knight, all of those. He's he's done a lot. Let's just put it that way. So cool. really, really good stuff.
0: It was recorded at Every Road Studios. we Oh, wow. The, like the Beatles. That's awesome. I found that out in a brand new book I started reading today. Yeah. Which has all sorts of extra fun about this film if you want to dive into tiny little details. Nice. It's a it's an Audible exclusive, but you don't have to be an Audible member. You could pay the cash price if you're not already having an Audible plan, but it's called The Makers of Mysteries and Magic Crimes of Grindelwald and it's only going to be released in audio form. It's narrated by uh, Dan Fogler, who plays Jacob. Nice. And he's hilarious and he does a million voices. And you learn a lot of fun little things about this movie. Very cool. Cool.
2: There's a lot to learn. I mean, this is one of those. The first Fantastic Beast to me was just a fun movie. It was pretty much face value. This one, it's so funny. My neighbor's like, dude, uh, you know, you sure you want to go see it again with me? Because he couldn't come with us. Uh, yeah, I need to go see it again. I need to go see it two more times just to catch everything. Holy cow.
0: Me too. It's packed with things to notice and know.
2: So you mentioned earlier, Green Butterfly, that there was a continuity issue with the timeline.
0: And of course I can be totally wrong. Oh, before I get to the the end with the big reveal, you said you were excited about McGonagall and I was too, but it definitely has to be an ancestor of McGonagall because according to Pottermore, she was born until 1930. They did say it was Minerva, though. This was supposed to be Minerva. They they just said Professor McGonagall. That's all they said. So it could be another, you know, it could be an ancestor but it shouldn't be Minerva because it just, it doesn't jive.
3: That's so weird. Ms. Rowling have to say to that one. That I would, would be, be
2: curious because everybody has said that it is Minerva. So now I'm like, uh, did was that a screw up or what?
3: Or was it just a sop to the fans? Like maybe they just maybe we'll hit the fans that aren't going to research the uh year that Minerva was born and yeah. just say, Here's McGonagall.
2: <laughs> yeah, like she's even tagged as Minerva McGonagall in uh, IMDB. Of course they can be I'll wrong, be darned.
0: But- I definitely don't think the McGonagall thing was a mistake. I just I just think it was supposed to be a different McGonagall because you hear a lot of the common names that you hear from the original films. But based on the year that it is, which for this whole film, it's 1927, these would all be ancestors of these people. Yeah. But it's all old wizarding families that have all the same names. So you recognize the names, but they're not necessarily that person except for Dumbledore because he's so long lived. The same thing is going to come into play with my, with my other problem, which is our big reveal at the end that Grindelwald tells Credence that he is Aurelius Dumbledore. Yeah. And that is cool. And that was interesting and I was really thinking, wow, that's a twist. I was really impressed. But when I went home and thought about it, I was just having the hardest time making it work in mm-hmm. the in the timeline. Because both of Dumbledore's parents are dead by the time he's finishing Hogwarts at 18. That's why he has to come home and not travel the world. He met Grindelwald because he stayed home. And he stayed home because he was now the guardian of his younger siblings. So I'm I'm having a real hard time figuring out how this child came to be when Percival Dumbledore, which is Elvis's dad, was in Azkaban for defending Ariana. Those muggle boys that were teasing her, his mother died due to one of Ariana's outbursts. It's possible but it's really hard to fit it into the timeline. Mm-hmm. So, my favorite theory is that all Credence wants to know, wants to know the whole movie is where he came from and what his name really is and who he belongs to. Grindelwald knows he's so powerful with this obscurus inside of him. I think it's possible that Grindelwald just told him that he was a Dumbledore just to you know, endear credence to him and and pull him to his side and be like, look, I'm giving you what you want. I'm giving you your history. I'm giving you your name. I'm going to tell you more as long as you stay with me and do what I say.
2: Yeah. I thought about that too. And I thought, wow, he's like, really? He is seriously Albus's brother. And I thought, I don't know about that. I'm starting to wonder if there's something more to that. And he's just saying it, like you said, because I, I don't necessarily believe that he is necessarily a Dumbledore.
0: You know, and Grindelwald is a, a manipulator. He'll yeah. tell you what you want to know. He manipulates Queenie in this movie. Yeah. Pulls Queenie to the, his side of thinking by charming her and being like, well, I'll make it so you can love who you want to love and marry who you want to marry. All he's really doing is separating her yeah. from Jacob, but the way he presented it to her made her believe him because he's very charming and
3: Queenie acted like she was under the influence of that one spell. What's that spell? Um,
0: Imperious. She might have been Imperious. She very well could have been for sure.
3: Yeah, she really acted like, at least that's how they directed it at least.
0: That's that's a a good possibility. I mean, he almost had Dumbledore on, on his side Thinking his way in the in book seven of Harry Potter, Dumbledore said, "For three months, I believed in what he was saying. So for yeah. for three months, he had him totally sold that the greater good was the way to go, and for sure, he needed to be in charge of the. And now we know why he has to get other people to fight for him because there's a blood pact."
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was very
3: interesting. Right. Yeah, there was like, like like I said, there was so many lore tidbits in this movie that once once you if you saw it and were confused, and if you seep yourself back into the lore, like do a little research online. Oh, that's what that happened. You know, that's what happened or whatever. And go back and see it again. I think it'd be a really rewarding movie the second time if yeah. you, if it wasn't first time. That's what I'm gonna do.
2: Not knowing for sure what they're gonna do with credence and you know what Grindelwald's gonna do. I actually do believe the theory that. Grindelwald is manipulating Credence and that he's really not a Dumbledore. That's my theory. Going back to McGonagall really quickly, because just even in a brief research I've done while you guys were talking, the only explanation that I'm finding that is even the most plausible is that it truly is Minerva McGonagall. Either it's an some kind of an alternate timeline issue or she traveled in time issue kind of thing, or she has been alive this whole time. Yes, it says that she didn't start, teaching at hogwarts until 1956 and she was 21 years old but it's not her mom because her mom was named isabel ross and never taught at hogwarts i mean who knows right but the whole Perhaps point there's is there's a
0: time turner involved yes and and oh, kind of yeah. what they're
2: saying is is that you know jk probably wouldn't make this mistake on accident i, like, I
0: don't i don't believe it's a mistake yeah i, I think, just think there's a purpose interesting because it. it doesn't work so yeah. there's got to be some interesting story and i trust in this writer that it will all pay off in the end
2: yeah but how cool is it though if she purposely put that in there to throw people off and make everybody really upset and then we're going to find out that yeah there was once again a method to her madness
3: <laughs> and then there's a collective oh,
0: yeah. oh
2: that's every, cool yeah. yeah so there you go but thanks for pointing that out because i actually didn't catch that one
0: because there was Good so catch. many things that I didn't, you know, understand at the end of Deathly Hollows, or that I thought, oh gosh, I wish this is before we ever knew Fantastic Beast was going to get anything. So mm-hmm. I thought Harry Potter was over forever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have known more about Grindelwald. I wish we could have gotten more information on Ariana and yeah. Dumbledore as a young person. And I had all these questions and wants and I'm enjoying this Fantastic beast ride because I keep getting these little answers
1: yeah. mm-hmm. and these
0: little insights and like, oh, now I get to know. And my greatest hope is, you know, we're in 1927 now. We know for a fact, so this wouldn't be a spoiler, we know for a fact due to the Harry Potter books that Dumbledore beats Grindelwald in 1945 and takes possession of the Elder Wand Mm
1: -hmm.
0: by beating him. So it really goes to him because, you know, it's not about possession. It's about it changing its allegiance. So he wins it in a way that the Elder Wand changes its allegiance and goes to Dumbledore. So we know that sometime between 1927 and 1945, Dumbledore and Newt figure out how to destroy this blood pact.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I
0: would love in this five film deal that the two timelines converge on each other meaning that Fantastic Beasts goes all the way up to the moment where Dumbledore puts Harry on the steps of the Dursleys so that hmm. we get the whole story up to what we've seen in the Harry Potter films. That's what doing. I would... That's what I would love to have. I don't know if that's what I'm going to get, but that's what I'd love to have. Well, yeah,
3: my aspirations aren't quite as high. I'm hoping that they at least go to where to the point in 1945, at the end of World War II, or around that time when it's you know, which happens to coincide with Dumbledore Dumbledore's defeat of Grindelwald. I hope they I hope the next three movies cover that entire time period, and they should, and they probably. I will. feel
0: like they have to at yeah. least make it to 45.
3: Yeah. You Which can't. is cool. That's a lot to look forward to. I, I I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm more excited now for the rest of the movies, and especially now that I know they're coming after this discussion because you know it's given more meaning to what I saw the other night. Yeah. And Brian, I guarantee, without knowing, but I guarantee there is a tie-in between World War II and our timeline and yeah, yeah. Grindelwald's manipulations. Totally. Yeah, I, I think. I think you probably hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So.
2: I think so too. It'll be really fascinating to see where they go, but man, really, really see this. This is why I loved it so much is because now granted having known the lore, at least enough of the lore, it was so fascinating to me just one because it was like, wow, what a great movie, but also, wow, I can't wait to see what's coming, but you're right. Uh If you don't know the lore, then you definitely missed out on a lot of that stuff. So my, once again, my, my recommendation, if you haven't seen the Harry Potter movies in a while, go rewatch all those first and then, you know, then go see this movie and make sure you're prepared and have that stuff fresh in mind and everything, but totally worth it. Totally, yeah. totally yeah. worth well, it. Go see it. Well, thank you guys. That was so much fun to discuss this. I'm before I saw the movie, I thought, yeah, we'll have a short, you know, movie review discussion on this movie. I had no idea there would be so much to talk about until after of course, either. I saw the movie. And then I'm, you know, as we're chatting here, I'm just like that, that was a really in depth movie to discuss. So that was really, really mm-hmm. fun, but thanks so much. I hope you guys got something out of this as well.
3: Oh, for sure.
2: Hey, once again, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Happy Fantastic Beasts Mania. We have one more week of November and then, man, it is a Christmas celebration. Woo!
3: I hope <laughs> no one got trampled this weekend.
2: Uh, Yeah, you know what the music means, right? Oh! Thanks Indeed. for the cue, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you both for being on. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. All right, well, here's thanks the deal. Thanks for having me. Of course. Here is the deal. You've got to get in touch with us. We want to hear what your thoughts are on Fantastic Beasts and also Thanksgiving traditions and memories. Get in touch with us, realbryanshow.com. Have a great weekend. We're signing off.
3: The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at
1: 514mediaempire.com.